Thank you. Cool. Last time we had an intro, not this time. The, the little music bit. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you really? Uh, did you ever re-listen to that episode we did? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I always. I mean, I always listen to make sure I don't sound like a complete idiot. <laughs> but I, be, I listened to a couple of the episodes you posted. Nice. Yeah. What I'm referring to is, uh, I'm here with Chris Cranock. This is Brian Gibson. This is Dirty Window on Fremont Street. And um, you remember last year we were called Dirty Window. Yep. And we were at Radio Vegas Rocks. Radio Vegas Rocks, mm-hmm. and they had their little shed. We did our podcast in a little shed studio they built, and that was um, you. You released it that month, I believe, in October. Bizarro y Fantastico. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and now it, you released it for a couple days. Let people check it out if they wanted to. Yeah. And now you're submitting it to film festivals. That's right. Yeah, it's a whole year later. Yeah, it is a whole year <laughs> later. I've had a kid. Yeah. Like you, 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 this is crazy timing. Um, the the end of the show and the beginning of the child, and now, you know, the, the remixing of everything, the restructuring of everything, and then we're meeting back together. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking new. me back, and it's a great time. And we waited because of COVID. You know, the festival you know world was delayed or canceled or fully yeah. digital, so we just sat on it for a year. And then nice. now we're picking it up to get it into those festivals. God, that's frustrating, man. To um, have such a long wait of yeah. something that's done. Many people have seen it and yeah. said, oh, man, you know, that initial, we're all more aware of the reaction we get when we do something. And we're, there's like rejoice um, in your friends in real life and online and in reviews or write ups. And then for a whole year later to still be like, okay, well, I still have to feed this thing. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, I'm, right. I, this is behind me. Yeah. This is like psychologically, that's gotta be tricky. It is. Yeah. Especially because I've, I'm like so deep into, uh, actually production of a new project. So like not only was it pre-production, but we were already shooting another yeah. film. And so, yeah, it was definitely, it felt over, Yeah, you know, but it really hadn't even begun. I know. You know. We put and it out for a few days, like you said, and we did like an email blast. We collected emails and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was a pretty big launch, but yeah. relatively speaking, because it was, what, a thousand people or something? So Yeah. And, you know, I always like that about, um, I mentioned this in our previous conversation last year. Um, I've known about your work maybe since like, high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't even going to high school out here. And I, whatever, my friends, through your friends, you went to... Um, who cares what school? Yeah. And, <laughs> right. you know, you had some published works already and yeah. uh, revisiting your website last year and just keeping up with your new projects as you talk about them mm-hmm. online is how I keep tabs on you. But sure. it just seems so consistent. And to see where you came from out of high school now to hear relatively speaking, a thousand is relatively speaking pretty small mm-hmm. and i like to hear someone think even larger than that and sure. have the patience over the last year to um like we just discussed like wait on this project that's already been released already you know mentally done you're already in the throes of a new completely new project and yeah just a lot of respect for um feeding it still oh thank you it takes a lot of energy it does yeah i mean it's just to do a festival circuit on its own is ex- exhausting because mm-hmm. it's it's like an everyday thing and there's submissions and there's letters that are written and there's checking the sites and there's you know, yeah. you know or 
you know, getting rejected or getting accepted or winning an award yeah. or you know whatever it is. Emotional it's, roller coaster. Yeah, it's like <laughs> over every, and over. Yeah, it is. Yeah, some some days we'll get denied in two and then we'll win a festival. So yeah. it's a really weird. You know, so, it's like you know, how is it good? You know, we're winning something. Why isn't it in this other one? And yeah. it's not based on quality. Sometimes it's based on is it easy to program? You know, it, sometimes they want a ten-minute movie instead of a twenty-six-minute movie, which is our film's long for a short. So you think about all these things constantly, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to compartmentalize that because I'm focusing on rewriting this other project, which we're in the throes of, which we'll talk about. But, yeah, I can't yeah, wait so to get to split. that one. Yeah, it's split. I do want to bring this up again, just to remind everyone about. I was reminded myself that you did everything on Bizarro. Mm-hmm. You were the whole crew. Um, yeah, for production. production. Yeah, for production. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, it was insane. Just thinking about that and now, you know, you, you were putting it to rest. And yeah. those are the things that really, for, it's basically your work. Like, it all falls on you, like you said. Um if it sucks, it falls on me. Yeah. And um, it seems to be doing well. And that's just, uh, it speaks a lot. I'm trying to figure out how to articulate it. That's a huge investment that you made in an honest way for not spectacle or anything. You did it out of honest want to see a, a movie that was in your mind. Mm-hmm. The creative process. But um, now you're getting rejected or accepted in many different, not only cities, but countries and mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting to um, think about how a lot of times I get into this as I'm in visual art. Mm -hmm. People like it or they don't, or this one landed or it didn't land. Mm -hmm. Oh, if I decide to branch off on this one, will anyone even give a shit about me anymore? Think Mm -hmm. about it, or am I going back to being a childlike painter? Was I ever a childlike painter? Mm -hmm. Are they just fucking assholes? and They don't know what they're talking about because I don't know what I'm doing, so why am I getting critiqued on it? You know, but um, it's interesting to think about what you're going through that mentally, like through this whole... I wanted to ask, when you were describing the film circuits, what what is that process from beginning to end? You filmed the whole thing, and Mm -hmm. now you're writing each letter. Was it you? Did you have help writing the letters? No, so I kind of... I handle this stuff. I'm kind of, I mean, one, it's a very small team. If I had other people on my staff that liked to do it, then maybe I would bring, you know, give, give people more responsibility. But in the staff that I have, which is an incredible, amazing staff, it's just small, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Brian Paulson, Dylan Gallagher, like really the production staff for Bizarro. Um, we have, we have new producers for the new project, which we'll mention, but, but those two guys are really good at what they do. And I'm really good at writing those letters and introducing the film and kind of chaperoning it as it goes into these places and goes to these people. So I kind of shoulder that full, you know, quote unquote burden. The marketing. Yeah. But I enjoy it. I mean, it's not really, I I have fun doing it. So yeah. So the process from beginning to end is you make your movie, right? And, uh, you have to come up with some type of marketing materials. We have a um, great poster that we had commissioned for the cover of the film, which has gone a long way uh, in getting the film seen and taken seriously just at face value. Yeah, that's a big thing is uh, the visual identity right off the bat. Right, yeah. James Bermusa is is a local artist in Las Vegas, and he's brilliant. He does all kinds of amazing stuff. He does stuff for the Golden Knights, and he's kind of like... uh, 
like horror movie themed. That's what he loves to do. And so there's like, um, you should look him up on Facebook. I was going to say, yeah. definitely interested now. Really, really amazing art. Like yeah. mind-numbingly good. Yeah. So when we reached out to him, he's a friend of Dylan's or new Dylan Gallagher, the executive producer on Bizarro. And he just seemed like the great, the great fit. And he, you know, went above and beyond and gave us a great poster. So yeah. that's like stage one is like get a strategy of mm-hmm. how do you get people to identify this movie? Yeah. Especially in modern, it's like it could go up on YouTube and be lost forever, really. Yeah, short I mean, film, you know, that's what the world we're living in now is more dimensions and layers of um, packaging, basically. Mm-hmm. It's more packaging because you made this great thing already that used to kind of be enough. Just word of mouth would kind of go, dude, did you see those guys? <laughs> you know, now. Well, it's, I mean, yes and no, because it's it's really about creating a full cinema experience for mm-hmm. people. So I try to hold myself to the standard, you know, if we had $50 million in Los Angeles, you know, that's, you know, that's really, if I had Netflix behind me, that's really how I approach everything. So it takes longer, you know, it's not something I could do as quickly as Netflix can do, but I can do it. It just takes longer. So Mm -hmm. I try to give people a poster. I try to give people a really intelligent, thoughtful trailer that it's its own thing. It's not just like clips, you know, that's its own identity in and of itself. Um, and the words, so, the the paragraph, maybe the synopsis. Yeah, the syn- exactly. Everything is thought about, written, planned, it, part of a strategy it, to give people the full movie experience as if they're going to go watch, you know, Dune. Yeah. That's the same I, a way that we approach it. Yeah. So, so. And you know what? I can actually say that ever since I've seen your work, um, the most re-intro- recent introduction to it again was Failure is an Option, that mm-hmm. music video you did for Jack Evan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Just uh, you've always taken it very seriously. I'm reminded of that now, speaking to you and hearing you talk about this. And it's interesting because writing about something that I've done, it's not a movie, though. We're in two different worlds, mm-hmm. so it's hard to compare apples, oranges type deal. But still, um, for you to, you can make the trailer. You can make the, you could help with the poster mm-hmm. to design idea. But writing about all these things and speaking to people about it over and over and over and not getting like, forgetting to mention details that this brand new person has, you know, to do that over and over. It's almost like a script, but it's also you have to have the human, um, you know, feel to the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've committed certain things to memory, but it's not like reading off a script. Yeah, I I know, because you care about it. Yeah, exactly. It's so much energy. I can't reiterate (laughs) that enough. Like, to my God, my mental capacity is not there to give a shit about something I'd done so long ago. Well, this is the only thing I do. That's how I do it, is that I really am bad at everything else, you know. I can't, I could barely I piss straight. So that, <laughs> and so that's how I, I put a thousand percent of my energy and my identity into these things and everything else suffers, you know? So, but <laughs> Man, that's just the way it goes. Fucking too real over here. Yeah. No, I actually really appreciate you saying that. Like things do suffer because these soaring heights, I just had my Lyft driver, like, you know, I, she's like, what are you getting into? I'm like, oh God, I got to say this. <laughs> I'm going to my art studio. I have an art studio space I work out of, and I do a podcast every Sunday, and that's what I'm doing. She's like, wow, so many people would love to be in that same same situation. You know, yeah. People would kill for that. And um, I'm just having this, not a rough morning, but I'm like ugh, shaking it off. Yeah. And she's like, I'm like, you know what? She's right. I should really just wake the fuck up and just get out of my head a little bit. So, you know, like the success you've had with this, everything else does suffer. Yeah. 
you know, in a way. It's, I mean, again, it's relative. You know, I mean, it I'm is. very fortunate and lucky in my life is pretty yeah. easy. But, you know, the thing is, it's by design. I've kept certain yeah. things at bay so that I'm able to put a lot of energy into these things. You know, yeah. so much of this industry, and it's the same with commercial art or music, in that yeah. sense, it's not very different because it's a big club. And oh, I'm, yeah. And no, I'm not in it. You know, I mean, you know, I don't have. <laughs> people in it. I don't have family. You don't you know, have support. My uncle isn't the president of, you know, Focus Features. That's, you know. Yeah. So you have to Absolutely. cultivate relationships uh, in this industry. And that means showing up every time yeah. and actually putting in the effort which we keep talking about. Right. But it's I mean. really about giving the energy that someone that has a le- like a leg up or a, has mm-hmm. like someone already in the room that they may not really go as hard as I can go. Yeah, I'll go. I'm re- I'm gonna go really really hard. Yeah, and so I'm gonna, you know, it's like outlast me if you yeah. can. That's kind of my yeah. whole approach. Is like I will just wait. I'll just wait longer. I'll I can just tell. be stronger. <laughs> I'll just be smarter. I'll just wait. You know, I'll wait and I'll, I'll wait longer. I'll wait and I'll wait and no, I'll win. Won't. Because I'll just die waiting. And I'd be content with that because I'm creating stuff and I'm meeting great people and working with great friends and expressing myself. So that's really what I want. I would just like to only do that for a paycheck. Yeah. But that's really the only thing missing is that I'm not rich and famous, which I could really give a shit about anyway. I know. I agree with that. And on that, yeah, that concept of waiting and just being patient, knowing that you're doing, you're being honest with yourself. And if things don't reflect that in your outside world yet, Right. It's all right for a second. Well, it's luck. I mean, I'm the, yep. there's that famous thing, uh, my, that that quotation I love, uh, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. That's really important. I'm not big on like slogans and, you know, the believe yeah. in yourself mountaintop m- memes or anything, yeah. but but that's something that rings in my head, but I also submit to pure dumb luck. Yeah. Because I'm Me ready too. to pounce on something, an opportunity, yep. but maybe it's because that guy decided to stay at home and take a four-hour shit that day. Mm-hmm. He was the guy I needed to meet, yeah. and he didn't feel well, and he wanted to sit around and watch Netflix. That's that's luck. That's the dumb luck we all have to submit to. Yeah. So it just takes time. He has to be ready. You know, my whole thing is dumb luck. Uh, that's how I'm even here yeah. at this studio is um, dumb luck yeah. and preparation. Yeah. I still show up no matter what, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of schizophrenic about it because you have these people that will kind of ring that bell over and over again and like, manifest, manifest, you know? Yeah. And that's nice. And, and is, I, that a, is that a completely wrong word no, for it? No, no, it's not. I don't I mean, think so either. I'm, sp- I, I'm, I'm starting to lose it. it. I'm starting to lose it. If, <laughs> if, you, if you mean what I think you're going to, um, I feel schizophrenic lately also. I feel like uh, reality is almost breaking because I'm, f- I'm seeing how my actions... Directly influence everything yeah. that happened to me. So For sure. go ahead. I it's, didn't mean no, to no, no, it's both. It's uh, it is. It's, yeah. uh, manifesting yeah. is dumb, but it's also like uh, there might be something to it. It's. <laughs> you ha- I basically think that it's a combination. You can't. You're not in charge of everything, but you mm-hmm. play a role in everything. You do. And so if you can accept that, and I think just not feeling owed anything. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you know the movie industry owes me anything. So I'll just work at it until it works out. Those are those are in tandem, like not expecting anything and not feeling owed, you yeah. know, and not just doing it for because, like you said, I can be patient because in my downtime, I'll be fortifying everything I do mm-hmm. and the processes that I do them in. Yeah, it's it's not expecting an ABC. You yeah. know, if you do this, it will lead to this. That just doesn't yeah. exist in what we do. I know, and so you just do it because you love it, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, it. I'm just refreshed hearing it because uh, personally, if you know. I could say that I often look for help. I like collaboration maybe too much to the point where I'm leaning on it mm. and um, as a crutch of sorts. And yeah, it helps me do what I've done, but I keep looking for people to help me get there. And you'll have people help you. Don't get me wrong, but um, 
you can't look up to them. You have to also put yourself on that level. There's almost a pedestal type deal going on there where um, I'm almost below it. I need someone's help sometimes. Mm. And I'm slowly shedding that over the last year of becoming a father, just really no one else is going to do what (laughs) I need to do. And if, you know, certain things don't pan out to where everyone's happy with what I need to do, well, then I just need to shut that out and do the work. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and not going to get done unless you do it. Yeah, and I'm patient, and I know that the, my God, man, in the last year, I got the keys to my new place, and it's just crazy where I've come from even farther than where I was when you met me last year. Right. I was already in the, the midst of this, like, um, elimination is this new term I've discovered. It's mm-hmm. where you're in the threshold of it. You're not, you're not who you were. You're not who you are going to be yet. You're literally in the middle and it's fucked up <laughs> because um, you have just this tug of war of, you know, your body and the reality and then your spirit and what you know is to be true or mm-hmm. hope to believe is true, right. what you're working towards. And yeah, it's just interesting, man. So you're almost in that with uh, your projects. It seems like, you know, you're, you're not past um, getting through Bizarro yet and fully fleshing that out, that whole its whole journey, mm-hmm. but you're also working on a project called Bipolaroid I've yep. heard about, but then you mentioned a third one, maybe. Oh, yeah. So There's all y- kinds of stuff. You're kind of in the <laughs> in the middle of um, which one are you? Do you have ever trouble jumping back and forth, um, paying attention to them or feeding each one equally? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, my, it's not it's minor. I'm pretty disciplined because yeah. I, I, you know, I write like every day, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I or I think about the project that I'm working on every day and I make notes or you know something. So there's some type of progress made every day of my yeah. life. So it's never like I take a day off with yeah. thinking about these things. So I can alternate. And I, you know, for instance, as I mentioned earlier, the festival journey and maintaining the festival journey is its own job. And then, but that's not very creative. No. You know, so I, I have a lot of reserve left over to be putting, to really, really with Bipolaroid, I'm thinking about it. It's a really complex thing. Yeah. And so to give you a super brief kind of sum up of what's going on with that, it's, it started as a short film. Hmm. There, we have kind of like a two-year plan to do a feature film. Now, if you would let me digress for a moment to yeah. talk about this concept of feature films, uh, it's a joke in a lot of ways. People have forgotten what a quote-unquote feature film means. I was going to ask, what does it mean? Okay. What, how would you define well, it? Well, so the way that a lot of people in my position view it is they think it just means long. Mm, it, long form. Yeah, yeah, they think it's a long movie. Mm-hmm. I don't view it as that. So mm. a feature film, in my eyes, is a story that requires someone's attention for 90 to 120 minutes on average. Yeah. And where I think a lot of people for and what and the quest of making this feature is that it's considered more marketable. A short film typically doesn't have a marketplace to function in. It's not as uh, yeah enticing. Yeah, and I not mean, only requiring ninety minutes of attention, but commanding it really. Yeah, you know? I mean, the, you need to write a story. That's where most of these films fail is in the writing and storytelling, and it's most foundational. And. They what happens with a feature film just by the nature of it when something is longer it costs more money and it costs more time and it's more energy, more so, filler sometimes too. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. So what happens a lot of the times things I see is uh, a movie that they're looking at their resources and they're minimal. They don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of resources or people or support, and mm-hmm. but they want to make a feature film, 
and they've convinced themselves that they just have to make something that's 80 minutes or but whatever it has to it be is. an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so they come up with a short story. They come up with a movie that should be 10 minutes. A problem. Yeah, and they come up then with they a stretch problem. it to you know 80 unwatchable minutes. I which, feel like you know, that's uh, some parts of uh, Next Friday, maybe. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. that movie keeps coming <laughs> to my head. It's a, I don't know if that's a hot take or whatever, but right? yeah, Next Friday, it's just like, Oh man, my weed's in that back in the backyard of that guy's house, and yeah. he doesn't like me. Yeah, and it's like an hour of just bullshit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just silly. So, yeah, yeah, so that's a that's a big. And I understand. It's not that I'm saying I don't understand this dilemma. You mm-hmm. know, I understand you don't have a lot of time, money, or people. So you, how do I? You know, it all takes place in a room. You know, it's an interrogation yeah. scene or, or whatever it is. I like those though, if they're good when you can make them good. Yeah, when exactly. they're good. You know, when it's an idea that's really ten minutes long, you stretch to an hour and a half. That's not good. So I like the way you're approaching it. With um, this is bullshit. The way I'm viewing the, you know, th- everything has a predetermined, this is what it is to be in mm-hmm. a local band in Las Vegas. This is what it is to, uh, to make a feature film. This mm-hmm. is what it is to have a music video, do a podcast, whatever it is. And uh, no, it's, it's, uh, I like to hear how you approach a feature film yourself because I know that I never really think about the uh, pre-existing structures of everything. Mm-hmm. I think this decade is the perfect decade for things to really start fucking going off the hinges a little bit more. Yeah. Go to the outer fringe even more and more so. And but the quality sometimes gets lost because you get a little crazy when you go <laughs> out to those fringes I just mentioned. Right. Well, it's easier so, than ever to make things. Mm-hmm. You know, equipment is more accessible than ever, but it, the quality suffers. The human quality, because the you could have whatever uh, the highest best gear, yeah. but you know the, the in, yeah the storytelling, the value, yeah. yeah, the honesty, the truth, the vulnerability, the yeah. the truth. Right. I don't know. For me, that's how I describe it. Well, as you know, I kind of come from. Poetry is a big part of my life, yeah. and I still write poetry, but not as you know frequent as I did. Yeah, and uh, it's because I was in control of something. You know, when I was younger, I couldn't make films because I didn't yeah. have the equipment or resources. Or I would write scripts, but I couldn't make them. Yeah, and it's I mean it's a relatively new thing to be able to bring my ideas to life. You know, in the, yeah. in the medium of cinema. So that's something I've wanted to do since I was a child. But to actually be able to accomplish is within the last five years, being able to do it in a competent way that I feel is worth the time and effort and money. Yeah. And so I started as a writer and as a poet. And that I think gives me an advantage because I care about the things that are most important, which is the storytelling at its, you know, how it's crafted of course is the next layer, mm-hmm. but really the story you're telling. And I think that's, that accounts for, the success of Bizarro so far is I, I think I got lucky and I tapped into something that people just connect to. Mm-hmm. And which is funny because it's not really designed to be the most accessible movie. It's in a different No, language it starts and, with yeah. fucking, uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it doesn't, you know, there's uh, many minutes in the beginning of just liminal space, basically yeah. um, nighttime scenes of beautiful. I mean, my God, I, yeah, incredible little yeah. intro. And, uh, I just found it. I want to ask you again. There was such a delay in the beginning of it, and then it starts abruptly mm-hmm. with their introduction, the characters. But there's a long time in the beginning where you're just showing still almost frames. Yep. What? Why was that approach made? You know, that's not accessible at all. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I liked it though. Still, it felt okay. 
to me. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, I, I, you know, I have the analytics, so I could look at, you know, who watches it and who finishes it and who turns it Where off when. Where you and landed, yeah. All that stuff. So what's amazing is that more often than not, people finish the damn thing, which is pretty amazing. But people, some people turn it off. You know, it, it, we knew that. It was a risk. You know, yeah. it's a calculated risk. You knew what, you know. Um, and the thing is, the type of films I make... If you're going to turn it off within the first two minutes, then you're not going to. You yeah. know, if I if I if I yeah. hooked you within the first two minutes, you weren't going to finish it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's my view. So why don't do do what I want? Yeah. Um, that's why I appreciate hearing. Yeah, I can it hear it. Just throughout. do what you want. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing. You're breaking rules, but um, in terms of actual um, craftsmanship, you're still keeping that, which is the glue that holds everything together. You can have a great idea. Yeah. But you you need to. Well, it ha- the thing it has to be interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like that. You know, is it interesting? And so we started the film with an overture, uh, just music, and yeah, beautiful piece. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful music, and that's the thing is like you know, for something that's challenging to an audience, which is just to make you sit and listen to something really beautiful, <laughs> at the very least, We're it's spoiled. interesting. Yeah. You know, like, what the hell is this? So either some people... It builds tension a little bit of almost finding out what this is going to be. You you know you're going to watch this, and you're like, wow, this is nice, but it creates a little bit of a tension in a good way. Well, this was not something I intended, but someone told me after, Mm -hmm. which is just a nice bonus, which is that they're like, you're already fucking with people. (laughs) You know, it's like just a black wall and music, and you're already messing with your audience. And I wasn't intending... I meant it so sincerely. I just wanted it to be beautiful. Yeah, and that you just kind of were slowly welcomed into my world, and that you can kind of put your phone down and just relax. I meant it all these, like, sweet, you know, sincere ways. And someone was like, you're already messing with your audience. It came off pretty brash. Yeah, And I'm like, why is this wall so offensive? (laughs) No, I started like offended. screaming at my screen, yeah. like, "What do you? Who do you people think are, you are?" Dude? Yeah, people are it's offended, funny. which is good. If I, you know, is, if you're offended, you're interested. And what an interesting device, you know, to to use. Yeah. Um, so, having said that, um, going into bipolaroid, mm-hmm. you're you're rewriting it, but I, I, if oh, I'm not right, wrong. Right, right. You shot mm-hmm. some Stuck of it pieces, yeah. Okay. Well, so to finish a little anecdote I mentioned yeah. earlier, so Absolutely. we planned. I have a you know, two year plan or I have multiple, mm-hmm. you know, year plans to do the to do a feature film properly. Bizarro was a big wake up call that I could I don't have to wait. I could do something totally on my own. In, yeah. in the production phase, Brian Paulson and I I mean Brian's responsible for the movie you see. He and I edited the film together. He colored the film, which is one of the most popular a- aspects of it. You know? Yeah. So he's like, Bizarro is what it is because of he and I together. But the production stage is was all me. So I knew that Okay, I don't have to wait around. I could be more proactive in yeah. making things, which is the key. I've found that out also. It's an empowering feeling. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So that led me to think, okay, well now it's start it's time to really buckle down and take doing a feature seriously. Because I was always you know, hesitant to go yeah. down that rabbit hole because I don't want to waste everyone's time, my, my, my own included. I'd rather yeah. make a perfect 10 minutes mm-hmm. than a really unwatchable 90 minutes. It sounds like a great dry run for these. I, yeah. I've become a big fan of the concept of a dry run where you try it first and mm-hmm. then you see what's going to go wrong. So you, then you know on the bigger one, that's yeah. probably going to happen. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you learn everything you do, you learn. Yeah. But I'm super into like medium. Like mm-hmm. I probably said this in the last interview we did together but i really like james joyce didn't write the dead his famous one of his most famous short stories waiting to expand it into a novel mm-hmm. he wrote the best short story ever and then he wrote ulysses and then he made a novel they're different things they're different mediums they function differently so yeah. i think a 
a lot of people just don't take shorts seriously enough, in my opinion. Yeah. They're always like a proof of concept. Mm. And they're like, oh, we could do more. And I get that. It's not like I said, I'm not yeah, I'm pragmatic. It's almost, I understand it. Yeah, it's like a little candy bite size. That's how it's viewed. And it doesn't need to be that way. No, it could you, be a meal in that little... Yeah. The only yeah. thing Bizarro has in common with other short films is that it's shorter than a feature. Yeah. But in no other way does it have anything in common with shorts. Yeah. In my opinion. It's a full-fledged film. It has every aspect of a sophisticated feature film, every layer, every element, every craftsmanship aspect of it, it's all in there. The way mm-hmm. that, as if we did it for, you know, 90 minutes or two hours or yeah. three hours. The colorization, the, uh, that in itself is um, not even overdone. It's just so, it's brilliant, man. Yeah. It's, it, I Props to Brian well, thank Yeah, thank you on Brian's behalf. Seriously, he, great he job on that. He is a brilliant colorist, and we, we, and we sat for months together that took a year to edit, although it was during a pandemic and it was like once or twice a week and it was two guys doing the work of 30. So it wasn't, it was, we probably could have done it in four months if we worked five days a week or whatever. Yeah. But it took a year and that's because that's what we'll do. You know, that's what Brian and I have in common is that we'll just do it until it's right. And if it's not right, we'll throw it away. Mm-hmm. If we couldn't crack Bizarro, we would have thrown it, no matter how long we yeah. worked on it, we would have tossed it. Yeah. So that's, but anyway, so long story short, uh, Bizarro was a big moment for me where I was like, okay, we could do a feature and we could do it right. If I just take my time, I could make 10,000 or whatever we get, you know, whatever we make it for, for look like 10 million. Yeah. I just have to take my time. Yeah. And so we started by Polaroid as kind of a, kind of like what you said, a dry run, even though I designed things to be what they are. I wanted to yeah. be the most successful short it could be, but I, it was still like, Working together as because Brian came on as the director of photography for Bipolaroid, so he kind of you know he and I were became uh, creative teammates, yeah, and like our main staff to do it together. And uh, I wrote another film, a feature film called Disfigure, which is a horror movie that I planned. Like and but then as we're doing Bipolaroid, we realize based on what we've shot that this movie is every bit as sophisticated, if not more so, than Disfigure was planned to be. Mm-hmm. So Bipolarid's a, a, um, a period piece that takes place in the late 1940s. We had period cars. We had, you know, I spent months accumulating period-appropriate clothing and authentic yeah. pieces of clothing, endless hours of research on how that clothing fits a person and how it's sewn so it falls properly. That yeah, That's why I ended up getting authentic pieces because of the actual craftsmanship of the articles of clothes. Yeah. We, we casted endlessly. We did camera tests after camera tests. <laughs> you know? So we were doing all this stuff to make it the best short it could be. And we looked at each other and we said, this is 10 times harder than Disfigure is going to be. And yeah. it's going so well. It was like a charmed production everything yeah. was just firing and easy and fun and so, so collaborative and you know we just and we said well let's do this as, a, as the feature it's right in front yeah. of us we're already doing it it's lively it felt it, it really showed it's right yeah but then that means that i had to go back and start mm-hmm. from scratch to write a film that required someone's attention for 90 minutes yeah. by polaroid was designed from the ground floor to be 30 minutes so yeah. Now that script no longer works. Yeah. I wasn't just going to tack on things to make it longer. You know, I don't want to like yeah. start giving away any um, plot points or anything yeah, yeah. like that. But having a movie written out, you're starting it. You're you're at the point of doing camera tests, which people don't understand. In and of itself, is like a day and a half worth of work. Like yeah. just the. Okay, shooting it now. You got to look at it. Okay, wait. Did we do this right? Fuck. We got to go back and look at it again. Now we're shooting it again. Right. Well, one shot for Bipolar that we actually have in the can. I'll use an industry mm. term. Uh, 
It took three days for yeah. one shot. What was the shot? Can I ask? No. Okay. okay. You can't Great. Like, no, no, well, I love it. It's I love too it. hard to explain anyway. No, that's but I also fun. want to ruin the surprise. I know. But it's too difficult to explain. But I mean, it, it required Brian and I designing, coming up with designing, building, which is really mm-hmm. on Brian's that he's such a brilliant designer and builder. Cool. That's the other aspect of filmmaking that I didn't even know I was missing. Mm-hmm. I needed a collaborator who I, because I come up with shots very finished. I imagine them in my mind. 100%. So how yeah. they're shot, how they're lit, how they're costumed, how they're blocked. I just imagine them and they're complete. Yeah. Now, that's a good thing, but it's also a challenging thing because every shot I come up with is like, you know, it needs a team of 10 people and 10 grand to do in yeah. three days or whatever. I come up with very, you know, sophisticated yeah. stuff. Embellished stuff. Yeah, yeah like fully, fully realized. Fleshed. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not going to be like your mom's kitchen table. You know, yeah. I, that's not the kind of thing. It's I not make. your, uh, uh, yeah aim or perspective you're coming at it from a very proper everything i've seen of yours is not regal not but it's sophisticated that is a good term for it thank you i try i mean and it's not necessarily actually no i don't try i just think that way yeah just think about a finished film i don't i can't think of oh well we have this amount of money so i'm going to make this and i have to cut these corners it's like i just believe wholeheartedly that with enough time we could do anything at yeah. any level. The only you, thing I can't do with time is hire Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But with time, I could mimic any level of quality on a craftsmanship level if you if you give me enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. So I but just so don't limit Brian, myself. So Brian stepping in as um, set designing and <laughs> prop building. Yeah, we, all, and, we all wear a bunch of hats. But yeah, yeah but um, how has that changed kind of your writing? And does it change your writing? There Are there more opportunities that now you can do knowing mm-hmm. that you... Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is I, I pitch Brian an idea Number one, he sees it in his head mm-hmm. the way that I see it, so which is rare. T- you know, it took 15 years to find someone that can collaborate on that kind of you know level. So he sees it, and he likes it. He's motivated by it. He gets excited by it. I've worked with people that like my stuff or you know admire my work, but they just don't. There's not dig that. It. You know, they don't get yeah. it. You know, they don't really doesn't light a fire under them, which is fine. All your yeah. taste and preference. It's an energy type. I, you know, I don't hate using that word, but no, it's it true. is an energy is like synergy when you find a good collaborator. Yeah. So Brian is that in, in ten, like tenfold. So yeah. we get we just understand each other. We get excited about the same things. One of the most important things is we both appreciate the poetry of the idea above all else. What does this mm-hmm. mean? How does it affect us emotionally? You yeah. know, why we we don't move the camera unless it requires it to better, you know, convey something powerful, personal, emotional, poetic. Yeah. If it if it does not function that way, the camera will not move. See, that's so those really, types of things. That's very interesting conveying um, emotions or uh, drawing out. A feeling from someone just in a visual sense because uh when i've reapproached music in the last year i have a uh, very this whole time you're talking about brian i think my mm-hmm. friend william davenport and he uh, helped me make a lot of ambient music that would describe like subconscious i fell into reading a bunch of carl Jung books this mm-hmm. year and just digging at that like okay what this change is happening in my life how am i gonna what am, what do i need to look for how am i gonna pull myself out of it type deal mm-hmm. So we start making this ambient music and the form of the uh, concept of the familiar. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to gravitate towards things we have seen before, have experienced. It might not be the best, but we go towards it. So I, I had an exhibit. We made something called Jacked Up Jack White. Mm-hmm. And we played Seven Nation Army, that White Stripes song, yep. over and over and over with an endless delay on it. Mm. And eventually 
You're like dun 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 dun, yeah, dun. Yeah. and eventually just become <laughs> just nothing but yeah. white noise and tension. I remember the gallery uh, curator Jennifer Barreras was like, "I got to get out of here for 15 minutes, but this is amazing, and just <laughs> I got to go." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a lot because um, it, we did that for an hour. Yeah, and but to convey um, a psychological like complex or you know just an idea through musical phrasing mm-hmm. was so fun. Like that's use of medium. Like when you mentioned that earlier, I was like, "Huh." I never thought of. I never realized a lot of what I've done last year has been fucking with medium Playing and with like medium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I think it's great. That's when things. You know, I always. I think to my. I think about stuff like this. I don't know why I do, but <laughs> I think like can a great. You know, is a great masterpiece the piece of art in its proper medium? Like you know, like is is this mm. you know when I think about it you know a, should this be a poem should this be a poem of, should this be a film because we yeah. we think that stories are interchangeable between novels and book and, yeah. excuse me novels and films and they're not you know some you know that's some are better left to your own mind the viewer's mind or yeah. the reader's mind to fill in yeah it just know? depends like great great literature very rarely translates to film like if you yeah. read Crime and Punishment there's <laughs> not a film version that's as good as that book. It's that yeah. that's a designed to be a book. Mm-hmm. So where lesser novels, lesser literature, you know, something like The Shining comes to mind. It's a good story. Stephen King's a great storyteller. He's a great yarn spinner, but he's not a great writer. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't write great prose and literature. Yeah. So that is that's why his there's 50 film adaptations because his stuff is primed to be translated into the medium of cinema which is yeah. more reductive, more visual, more emotional, you know, to where you actually the medium of crime and punishment is the right medium. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. And so you get the most out of that in that context. That's so interesting. Yeah, um I having, think about that stuff all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean um you know, focusing on Having a story, then, I mean, you know, I get lost in my ideas. So mm-hmm. the, uh, that's a very vague statement, but to the point where I go, okay, well, is this meant for a film or is it should I write um, poetry mm-hmm. with this idea in mind? I'd get too lost in the options of mm-hmm. both of them. How do you? I think you just. Is it gut feeling? Yeah, you hone an instinct. Yep. You know, and for me, I think where I started thinking... Logic fucks me up, man. <laughs> I go with logic. I'm like, no, Brian, you got to think. Your, your mind has to it, be you know, just, reality. Yeah, just feel it. I mean, yeah. you, you, why do you fall in love with a story, you know, or why, you know, why... You fall I come in love up, with anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's the same stuff. You know, yeah. why, why that woman and not this other woman? Yeah. Or why, you know, why that man and not this That's other man? That's why I'm or, so interested in um, Young and uh, Alan Watts. I haven't really gotten into, but mm-hmm. I've just listened to all these, these audio books and uh, it's been incredible, like the um, the a life spent just digging and listening mm-hmm. for what it is that animates us, or our choices are kind of predetermined almost because this psychological, like just we're we're built a certain way. Like a spirit, the concept of a ghost or a spirit is really just the lessons and you know memories of the person, like. Um, yeah. It's not a ghost. It's um, our it's our the remnants. Yeah, yeah, it's our projection, our mental projection, remnants of that person. That's what's what the ghost is reminding mm. you. That's it's the lesson. It's not the person. Right. And it's so hard to conceptualize. I mean, God, we're like uh, due for an upgrade. I feel like humans. Like, well, I think cinema is you know? the closest we have gotten to to talking about those ideas because really? yeah, I, I really do. I think. I mean, I know I know I'm biased as a filmmaker, yeah, but I like it though. I think movies, <laughs> movies are the most 
what's so funny about movies is that they could be, you know, Transformers 8, and they could also be the, 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 the way into the human psyche that we've never been able to express in an artistic format. Yeah, yeah. And they could be both of those things simultaneously. You know, mm. cinema is the great entertainment, and it's also the great art. And uh, I love that, you know, Michael Bay technically does the same thing as Igmar Bergman. That's really funny to me. And is it maximalist? Is it that, that like maximalist aesthetic? Like? I, I mean, yeah, I think <coughs> it's just, it's, uh, it's what it's aimed to be. It's, you know, you're, what's interesting to me about cinema is that it started as a gimmick, as, techn- mm. as a technological gimmick. And it's, you know, we, from the inception, it was to sell tickets mm. because it costs too much money just to do it for free. You always yeah. needed technology. You always needed a crew. You always, you know. So it was always something that cost money to do. And so very quickly it became a dime store entertainment. Yeah. But yeah. what we, but then what artists discovered with it is that it is such a deep probe of mm. the viewer's psychology there is nothing, there's no art form in my opinion. I'm sure there's people that will contest this or have opinions that are very more, you know, much more intelligent than mine on paintings or whatever it is. Yeah. But cinema taps into an, an unconsciousness that I don't think any other art form is able to quite tap into. Close, close second was music. Yeah. I think music penetrates us on a non intellectual, emotional, psychological yeah, level. Yeah, it's past language. Yeah. yeah. But I think cinema is even more so because it's mm-hmm. how we, I mean, it's, I've it's said, the I've, integration of the audio no, and things. the, yeah, it is. Right. And um, I was thinking this while you're discussing that, that stories through cinema and, um, you know, Transformers or Avengers 1700, mm-hmm. you know, the archetypal imagery of and like of the story and like the story of a hero and mm-hmm. that's what star wars is that's what yeah. all these things are you know their worlds are different dimensions they're such vast ideas presented to like the masses themselves you yeah. know and that's really interesting i never gave them the credit that that kind of deserves it's almost like a new religion you know you have mm-hmm. these um superheroes and that's the good in the world you have the good and the evil and you're really spending millions and millions and like showing this to many people and kind of invading their mind a little bit with that same concept we've always had, like religion has just become like the stories we're seeing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, religion is a variant on mythology. Yeah. And comic books are another variant on mythology. It's a story. They're they're lessons. They're moral lessons. That's how I view it, at least. And I find a lot of value in those. Sure. And um, it's misleading only in the sense that, you know, if, if it, makes you feel that the world can be quantified that way in good and bad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what the whole postmodernism movement was to kind of get away from this idea that the hero is the hero and the bad guy is the bad guy. And that there's a, you know, the anti-hero is kind of this blurred of those, you know, everyone has their own internal I love that. I love that. Kind of tuning into the anti-hero and like, well, his dad hit him (laughs) when he was younger. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's very interesting how we're kind of blurring the lines between good and evil. Like, uh, I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe in good and evil personally. Yeah. So I've been hearing that a lot. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, No, I'm just saying that like one of the things about Avengers is why they're so successful is because it could be that story can be translated into any language and for any country. I don't know the story of it. I'm not into no, Marvel like and all that. Good and bad. Yeah, that's I get, what I mean. It's, exactly. it's re- it reduced down to good guys beat bad guys, mm-hmm. and anyone can understand that. So now they're really marketing on it, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just Christianity, it's like, oh, yeah. fucking, let's make it Iron Man, dude. Right. Come on. Yeah, exactly. He's much cooler than yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> way cooler. Yeah. Oh man, what you know? I'm really hoping that uh, 
because you're kind of someone I know that, you know, you've said it many times in this conversation that you just don't care. You just go at it, but you go at it with a good head on your shoulders. You, you think about it and you plan it and you have a vision for it. I'm just really hoping to see, um, you know, all these people that moved to Las Vegas, everyone getting uprooted and displaced. Mm -hmm. I hope that we start seeing more and more films like yours, the ones you're creating, more like focused pieces of work because like we are talking about maybe before at the beginning of this conversation of it's so easy for anyone to make anything. Mm -hmm. You know, Tiffany would be mad about um, the phones being so good and people are making little mm -hmm. music videos and that would bother her because of, it, this is something to be respected, you know? Well, the thing is... That's being blurred, too. I mean, yes, it, yes and no, because, yeah. you know, not... I don't want to sound judgmental toward anybody. No. You know, there's no, no one specific that I have in mind. It's just in general. Yeah. I mean, a lot of filmmakers that I've seen are really just people who own cameras. I know. And, you know, they're, and that's, know. that's not the same thing. So, you know, Sean Baker made a new movie out this past year, 2021, called Red Rocket which is okay, it's a good film. It's not as good as Florida Project or Tangerine before that. But Tangerine, his kind of movie that made him famous and, and was made on iPhones. Yeah, oh, now, wow. Now, of course, I mean, it was also lit professionally. <laughs> but, but the gimmick of it is that it was made in, on iPhones. So it doesn't matter. You know, yes, the, the kind of the swamp broadens when you have more accessible technology mm -hmm. that everyone could do whatever but the cream still rises to the top i mean yeah. you know this good storytelling is still the most paramount aspect of filmmaking and you know why everyone's making movies so why isn't everyone selling them you yeah. know why isn't there an audience for everyone yeah. it's because the story doesn't resonate Mm -hmm. you know and or that, it's not thought out enough or yeah, it's, it's not it's too early in the um career right. it's not career but you know yeah, like and it's journey and it's life you know i'm a firm believer that anything i start has seasonal you know it grows just mm -hmm. like we do and a new um venture or creative endeavor is going to grow in a year two mm -hmm. years three years i'm in eight years of painting this year and i'm like i can definitely see a whole lot of growth. And right. um, I still feel like a child a little bit, though, too, in terms of new things I never even considered, problems and good things coming up in front of me. Sure. So just um, I'm, I'm hoping to see more, like, focused work because yeah. there's so many options lately that people get maybe lost in um, what to do and the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to get into takes. giving advice or anything, but for yeah, me no. it's just about, like, keeping your world small. Yeah. You know, focus on what you're doing and do it the best you can. It doesn't really. I don't really think about. I mean, I think about the climate of the of the <laughs> market. You know, for me, because I think about what where can I place and sell my films. I thought you were going to say climate change. Oh, I mean, like, really? To, okay. I think about that too. <laughs> yeah. We'll left turn that into yeah, yeah. another conversation. No, no, but I think about the climate of of how films are being sold and how, what the market is like. Yeah. But really, only for my benefit. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't let it discourage me. I don't really. You know, I. Mm -hmm. I I slowly adjust my plan to better accommodate yeah. the, the climate that we're in filmmaking wise, but I don't readjust my plan or I don't, you know, from scratch or I don't say, Oh, okay, well I'm going to make something that's, I'm going to softball my next movie. So it sells better. Yeah. You know, like I, Bizarro is a perfect example is that I just like put every obstacle I could put up for an audience. It's like, I make you wait. Uh, I, it's in a different language for anyone that isn't mm -hmm. Italian. You know, people, yeah. oh, I hate subtitles. There's a minute long black period where if you think about your own death, you know, so yeah. I, I put up every obstacle and people are still 
connecting to it because it's sincere mm-hmm. because I really wanted to invite you into something and I really wanted to share an idea and I took the time to make it the best I could make it for you yeah. to watch it and appreciate it and people are and you kept your world small yeah I didn't think about anything that. else I just thought yeah. about making the best movie yeah that's yeah. something uh, I just heard from my buddy Jim over here the producer basically owner of this whole studio we're in mm-hmm. you know i came in here and i'm trying to help any way i can do anything i can do and do all the things i can do well i've got to paint i've got to set up the gallery room which it's set up now i hung the pieces but there's a lot of work to do and then i want to do this podcast and i want to do not only this one with locals like you who mm-hmm. are doing things but bands that come here at night right before the show have them on and that's way too many things yeah you know i'm also going through moving in a new job and you know, having a family in the first year, it's, it's a lot. And I needed to take a step back and go, all right, I need to make my world smaller. So yeah. I appreciate a lot of the things you're saying are kind of, you're not trying to give advice, but um, I'm taking a lot from it. Oh, you know? good. Yeah. I mean, I hope it translates to others as well, too. Yeah, you know? me too. I mean, that's because everyone, there's no rules. So that's why I'm always mm-hmm. hesitant to give advice because what works for yeah. me won't work for somebody else or vice sure. versa. But just do what you want and do it passionately and do it well. Do it well. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is people, are, I mean, especially in film, I can't speak for other art forms, but film, because it's also such a big entertainment and such a moneymaker, I think people want to make money and get famous. I think, yeah. you know, they think that they're going to meet girls or something. It's like, you know, <laughs> and that's fine. That's all a nice, it's a long way to yeah. get pussy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, you know how hard it is to make yeah, a movie. You know, seriously. like I could, yeah, it's easier to meet women than make a film. So <laughs> just make the movie, you know, focus on that and, or whatever it is that you yeah. feel most passionate about, you know, narrow your view. And, uh, I think people are so, uh, this is probably a by, and this has always been the case, but it's also worse now, I think, as a byproduct of social media to where we're constantly looking at other people mm-hmm. who feel like they're being so productive. And we're like, oh, up. we're not productive enough. Yeah. It's like productivity is overrated. Productivity yeah. is, a, is, is a, it's a, it's a capitalist, I, you know, idea. Yeah, it's, where it's, like, <laughs> it's wrongly defined yeah, at this point. You got to be you making know? money. You got to yeah. always be doing that. And it's just like, just do one thing and do it really well. Yeah. And no expectations. Yeah. That's the part is I've yeah. gotten more when I've expected less. And that's yeah, just the I way mean, it works. With the with, with Bizarro doing as well as it's doing in these in these festivals, which is kind of shocking. You know, it's really destroying yeah. and really, really well. Yeah, what's up with it? Really quickly, I want to yeah. touch on this. You started a Kickstarter um, to fund the... the, it the yeah, go on, sorry. And to fund the entry fees yeah. to all these different film festivals. And right. you've gotten over 1,000. How much is it at right now? Well, we raised almost close to 6,000 totally. <laughs> Holy shit, man. But Good. the thing is... Well, so here's... Let me tell you a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, um, So we have uh, two producers who have helped find... So in the beginning, you have to... You know, if you don't know, in festival worlds, you have to submit to every single festival individually, and they all typically have a, a fee to get in. Yeah. And they range between 20 and 100 bucks on average. Yeah. And uh, you kind of throw that money away because if you don't get accepted, you do, oh, sorry, we don't like your movie, and that, yeah. that money's gone. Yeah. So you pay for people to watch it. So it actually costs more to get the movie out than it did to make the movie. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, they'll buy an expensive camera or they'll rent a sports car for two days for their movie thinking that they're adding production value, but in all the, not all the wrong ways because mm-hmm. you should be adding production value in more, in, in more intelligent ways that are saving you more money that add a certain status to your film and take what money you can save and apply it to your, getting, you know, to your distribution of the film. Yeah. So we made the movie on virtually nothing, 
and then we got producers to finance like the first leg of the festival journey. So we mm-hmm. got a couple thousand, we put that in, and then we. So then I had to strategize the festival mart world because yeah, because you already started going yeah. with this leg up from the producers, the producers, and you can't just stop there if you are. Well, you know, I mean, you, you could, could, but then it just you know <laughs> that's it. Then it goes on Vimeo, and that's exactly. That, you know? So so we um, so yeah, you have to kind of chart. Because then here's the other thing is that the festival journey is also shark infested waters because you have these really huge festivals that are political nightmares. So you have mm. people like in Cannes and, 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 you know, Venice and these major ones. It's all a big club, just like Hollywood is or just like the Oscars are. You kind of have to pay to get in. Essentially, you have to pay yeah. and campaign and be kind of famous already. Yeah. And, you're, you know, we're up against short films that have $2 million budgets and Vincent D'Onofrio, you know, because he knows the you know his wow. buddy is the producer. So he comes and does a short over the weekend or whatever. So there's short films that are on these very high levels yeah. that you're up against. And it's very much a political realm. So you have to keep a small amount aside to submit to those because... Who knows? Maybe you'll get in, number one. Exactly. Or if you don't, you begin establishing that relationship with mm-hmm. those people to start being in the conversation because yeah. they're now watching your film. Yeah. Even though they're going to go, oh, I don't know this person not in the festival. They're going to watch it. You're nailing it, And dude. next time, yeah. they're going to know you. That's why I said earlier about showing up over and over um, in yeah. NC Good. Uh, this last year, I don't think I we've talked about it, but I've brought it up a number of times just throughout the year just as a reference point, I used the. Um, I had an experience as artist in residency at Core Contemporary Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, this woman, Nancy Good, put out an art call last year around the time the podcast ended, and we we had our episode last year. Um, I started seeing this post for oh, um, submit your project proposal. Um, you can stay three weeks in my studio and have a large space to paint in. And it's exactly what I needed. I was living in a small house. I didn't. Mm. I had a backyard with a table. I couldn't really stretch out and do like a six foot piece. So I applied, and for days and weeks, I would write every single day, multiple times a day. Brian Gibson is a Las Vegas artist, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, he he wants to express this or this is what I want to do. And in the end, I boiled it down to something really minimal. This whole project proposal, the wording of it. I got letters of recommendation. It was a whole thing, just mm-hmm. like you're talking sure. about with the film festivals. And exactly what you just described happened with me. I, I ended up getting accepted. Mm-hmm. Great. Blew my mind. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I'd never really taken it that seriously before, but working with Nancy Good in her, in her realm, seeing her work ethic, mm-hmm. she's very devoted to just either painting or writing up a schedule or what's coming up, emailing people, attending Zoom meetings about something while you're painting. When I was in there, I, I would have a friend over and she would remind me, oh, Brian, this this time, it's and yes, it's important to see people and speak with them in collaboration. That is collaboration, but you also need to focus on the work. Mm-hmm. It's basically quiet time for working, mm-hmm. true focus. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's easy to get caught up in that. Um, just the fun of it, you know, and it does take a lot of work. I don't think people realize um, the amount of hours. Like you said, every day I do some work on a film, even if it's just thinking about it. That's a huge part of the process. And if you're... Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just lucky because I'm obsessive by nature. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to try yeah, you know, I don't. I, Me too. Yeah, you know, I'm just. <laughs> I get up and that's what my I'm mind doing. starts reeling, yeah. dude. Yeah. So you know, you can ask Brian. We would, and that's that was one of the other great things about working with Brian is we would edit for 
you know, 13 hours. Yeah. And then we'd get up and we'd go into his kitchen and we would talk about the movie for another three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I, you know, we'd stop at 1 a.m. because it's time to go to bed. I got to work yeah. in the morning, whatever it is. And then we'd still sit there and talk for two or three hours because we're that excited. I know. And we're, we love it that much. So, and we're that obsessive. You know, we're kind of manic in that way. So I am very fortunate. I think that that's just how I've done this so long now that I think it's just the way that I live. And so for anyone that's struggling you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if it came natural to me or if I just had nothing else going on when I was younger. Yeah. So I just put myself into it. Now it's routine. Yeah. But it's like just, you know, yeah, it's it's about endless time and endless energy. In your world that yeah. you're creating for this creative endeavor. Yeah. Like uh, learning that with Nancy. By the time I was done with the whole residency in March or April, I had met um, members of the Las Vegas arts community that have been like teachers at UNLV and they're in casinos and mm-hmm. I'm in their private home gallery and they're telling me about their first piece i'm like why are you talking to me you know what i mean and looking at these people that are seasoned veterans of just creating yeah you know um so i believe that with this festival don't think that about yourself (laughs) i know dude i need to that's where i'm at this year is really just bringing myself up to par like i have a lot of catching up like i've grown a lot and i haven't had time to process that Mm -hmm. and uh, i need to take a good look at my surroundings because i'm in a good fucking place dude (laughs) i'm talking with you that's you you know what i mean i mean it's, it's good stuff. It's just uh, draining. This m- amount of transformation, it gets right. it gets to a person. Sure. Especially, I mean, <laughs> you, know? you have also family. So it's I just, know. that's a lot. And it's you know, a lot I, on the line. For yeah. sure. I've kept my, my uh, like I mentioned earlier, I've kept my life simple so that I can put all my energy mm-hmm. into those things because, you know, you have other priorities that supersede these, you know, yeah. supersede your working. So. And it's hard, you know, priorities can supersede each other logically, but then... The yeah. where I go back to it, that gut feeling tells you there's a calling to something. Sure. And it doesn't mean fame. It doesn't mean money. It doesn't mean anything. But it means reaching out to see what you can learn or accidentally hear from a person or yeah. get them to say or whatever, you know? Sure. I mean, I, I've really been enjoying the fact that the film's being seen and appreciated because I've never... I don't know if this is just because I've become accustomed to being the only one who thinks my work's the best, you know, yeah. my previous stuff. I'm like, well, I think that's it's a good. great, uh, um, mind frame. Yeah. I know? mean, it's like, why do it unless it's, I mean, it's not the best in comparison to other, it's the best I could do. It you feels know, good. It feels the, what I could do is that, you know, that's, that's the letting different. out. That's the catharsis. You yeah. know what I mean? So when think my, now that the film is winning, it's winning, it's, baby. Yeah, it's winning. I mean, it's doing. <laughs> I mean, it kind of right. is. It's dude. killing it. Yeah, it's it doing is. really well, which is great. But you know, it's funny. This is going to sound like bullshit, but it's true. I never really was overly focused on winning. Yeah. But it's. I, I really just like it because it means that people are watching it and connecting to it. I feel like that amplifies it though when you don't care when you yeah. truly let go. That's a. Well, concept, I didn't. You know? you know, I didn't campaign. I. I didn't. But you do did. Anything but else. you did because you got the movie poster and you oh, wrote yeah, the. Right, you know, right, what I mean, right, you yeah. did. You in put that in sense, the. Yes. Yeah, in that sense, and sure. we overlooked those things, and but yeah, those they little do, details. Yeah, they do matter. matter. They do for sure. So yeah, maybe I, maybe it's not quite that I didn't campaign, but I don't know. I guess I never thought about winning, but I just it's nice that people connect to something that I made that also yeah. challenges them. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing. Is I didn't. I guess what I'm trying. I guess the biggest point is, is I didn't make it to be loved. I didn't try to water it down so that everyone could connect to it. Mm-hmm. I tried to be very specific and personal and revealing. And I thought, well, if no one likes it, then at least I did something I like that I'm that. passionate about. I like personal and revealing because vague and um, but telling is. Well, I mean, it's just the it's the Hitchcock principle, which is like, you know, they asked him, how do you, how do you make movies that are so scary? And he said, I make movies that scare me. 
Mm. And the and the wisdom in that is that he realized he's not that different. Mm. He made something deeply personal, which yeah. ends up being universal because you know he's what? not special. People have said to me, uh, Brian, you, you're kind of a, you know, online you maybe overshare sometimes, or it's not oversharing, but you're you're not sad, but it's this weird, mm. like vague, like really, I don't want to say deep or anything, but mm. it's just vague and people don't know what to say to it and they're like it kind of makes them uncomfortable and I'm like yeah. oh well i write these short little sayings on a painting all scrawled out and large and someone initially might have that filter of oh that's not good but it resonates somehow mm-hmm. even if it makes them like uh, there's something there because right. i obviously tapped on a vein and these ugly things these uh weird things you could put into film or a painting or anything that you do it's just interesting, man. Art is so interesting. You can you can pull a lot of that out of people. That they it is universal. The weird yeah. shit, you know, the weird stuff, the raw stuff that people are too scared to say or too proper right. to let out. Yeah, I think. I mean, for me, I, I'm always aiming to make something that is oblique enough that it could become anybody's mm-hmm. movie, anybody's story. You know, and it sounds like a cliche, but I feel like the last stage of art is giving it away. You know what I mean? That, there is a universe. You've heard that quality, yeah. that thing. I want to give, I'm not trying to tell anybody anything with my films. Yeah. Whatever they get out of it is valid. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's, of course, art films fail in that they make things too oblique or they make things too, too ambiguous vague. and yeah. vague. And, and they kind of, uh, it's not necessarily that. I mean, it's a fine line. It's a line. fine line. I was yeah, going to say that with visual art. I mean, that is a visual art, but like painting is just, um, it's a fine line between way too much and just enough, mm-hmm. the composition of it, the, you know, how you present it, lay it out. Mm-hmm mediums man i'm gonna be thinking about that for the next few yeah, weeks I, I obsess about that kind of stuff yeah is this what it's supposed to be and what yeah. do you um so right now i want to continue a little bit into your what you're working on oh, sure so you're writing by polaroid so okay. yeah, rewriting it to become mm. a proper feature yeah so that's kind of to, to put a fine point on what that that's what i'm doing that's gonna be a while though you know uh, well I, it's almost finished really yeah i mean i not to interrupt you, but super briefly, no, what I'm fortunate please. about is that my work, I try, of course, I mean, I'm, people watching it are better judged than I am, but I try to make work that's dense thematically, mm-hmm. you know, narratively dense, so that if you want to go in there and, and dig around and think about it, you can. You can enjoy it on a very superficial level and, oh, it's funny and there's farts yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you want, there's an ocean back there to mm-hmm. really explore. So with Bipolaroid, the themes are extremely dense and complicated. And so yeah. it was, it's the, the features in there already. It's just, what are we watching? Yeah. What, you know, you're how really, do I engage them for that amount of time and tell a story that requires this media? This kind of like deep sea diving. So, you know yeah, what I mean? So like it's our, it's there. Yeah. You know, short films, you can be more conceptual. You know, you can, a film can succeed on an idea alone when you only have to get someone for 15 minutes. Well, you're but. going on that surface point and then there's the below so you're almost writing two different stories oh, that yeah. are c- continuously going on at the same time. Right. And not with such it's a fine like, point on it that I'm telling anyone anything. And, you know, I'm not saying, well, this is what it's about. It's I've been reading about, about uh, I found something, I found a Wikipedia page on implicature mm. and it's a way of speaking where you're implying or, you mm. know, and mm-hmm. I, I just was perusing this little, you know, these paragraphs about this concept in literature. I'm just like, I love it. You know, yeah, implicature. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you know, it's, cool. it's exactly what we're all doing is um, just hinting, baiting a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you could bait towards another. It, it goes endless. You yeah. know, you could fuck with people endlessly and 
that's a cool but cruel game. <laughs> and it's, it's it's nice to see laid out in different ways. I don't know. Well, I think the key for you know uh, we mentioned that some films are too vague. Yeah. For me, the the not that this will work every time, but what's mm-hmm. led me kind of down this dark, you know, complicated path of you know doing this right is just being sincere. It's I'm not yeah. trying to trick anybody. Honestly, uh, you know, I'm not trying to play games and look show people how smart I am. Yeah. I'm just trying to tell a real story that I actually care about, that I'm really yeah. passionate about, that I love. And if you can feel that love too, then I think you're more inclined to exper- to kind of explore the, the movie and make it your own. Yeah. I'm not trying to hold it above your head. It's almost like um, you're inviting them to create a little bit also. Oh, that, you know? f- absolutely. Because that's where I'm at. I'm at. I want to share what I've had offered to me in that artist residency, having the, you know, you said about Bizarro, you realized how much you can do mm-hmm. and having that experience of like, Oh my God, I have a lot of fucking power. I have a <laughs> yeah, lot of power. I don't know <laughs> if I could even repeat it. It was uh, like a miracle that it yeah. was even made. So I, I might be yeah, sure I could repeat it, let alone. You're like else. a mother who's saving her child from a car. Yeah. You know, I mean, literally. Yeah. I lifted the car above my head somehow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, it's and it's moments like that that show us, wow, there's a lot more road to go. Yeah. You know, we thought we got here making this. Be- you know, we have milestones, and I'm excited to see, especially just... With yeah. the patience you have. Well, thank you. I yeah. interrupted you, so you I didn't mean no. to kind of steer about bipolaroid, but did you what did you want to know about it? Um, well, we kind of touched on bipolaroid and basically you have a third one, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I have where does that even fit in? <laughs> or, or is it more bipolaroid right now? So and that's going back on the shelf. Yeah, so so the other project I have, which at this point I'm kind of somewhat disconnected from, but it's mm-hmm. a play. Okay. So I wrote a wow. play called Lee Imposter. It's a French title, obviously, The Imposter. And love it. Uh, thank you. And uh, there's a uh, French production team, um, Julie Zeno, who's part of Bizarro. She approached me during the pandemic and asked for me to write a, a, a play, which I did. And then she's working with a director out in Paris, and they're looking to put it on the stage hopefully next year, 2023, and they're going to wow. be rehearsing it and figuring it out all this year. So that's something that I, I only kind of I wrote and then I gave away. Yeah, so that's a waiting game. Yeah, so I, I we zoom and you know they ask my thoughts on this or I'll write out certain things about philosophies behind it. But other you know, how I'm, is a play? How is that going? How many scenes were you um, maybe noticing? How many scene changes you could have? You know, limitations in a play. That, well, this is a unique a situation. Yeah, it's a unique situation because I'd written plays before, but nothing on a professional level. It was more like yeah. experimenting. Yeah, uh, you know, writing in any form. And it's a great medium. I thought it about is. It, it is yeah. a great medium. Yeah, and it's also less of a visual medium. Mm-hmm. So when I'm writing films, I'm thinking, how could this? You know, I want to write a film that could never be a book. Mm-hmm. I want to write a film that could never be put on the stage. It has to be in the medium of cinema. Yeah. So like, that's again going back to obsessing about mediums yeah. and stuff. So that's kind of how I think. So I'm like, this, you know, this has to be a film. This can't be a play. So then this play, I was like, well, this has to be a play. <laughs> this can't be a film. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I succeeded. I could probably make a pretty good film out of the play, but I don't know. But maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see, only yeah. time will tell. But anyway, so uh, this was a unique situation because it kind of came out of COVID, which is Julie uh, had her own play going. She was the star and she was producing a play, a, a much more elaborate play, which was an adaptation of a Sam Shepard play called Fool for Love. And it's a very mm. be- famous play, very good play. And she was doing it in French and in English and all this stuff. Well, anyway, oh. COVID hit and oh. 
these producers didn't want to basically keep a play in limbo for like two years. No. It was a high, you know, high production value play. It's expensive. So she called me up and she said, you know, I really loved your writing. I really enjoyed being a part of Bizarro. You know, mm. will you write something? And will you write it short and cheap? Basically, in a nutshell, yeah. you know, she was less vulgar. I know than what that, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, sure. So it's a one-act play. Mm. It's about 45 minutes long. You know, it's, it's, it's enough to go out to a venue and watch it. You know, it's not yeah. 20 minutes or whatever. So it's 45 minute play on average. You could, depending on how you direct it, they, they are figuring that out in Paris right now. I'm sure you could stretch it or even condense it, you know, how, based on how you direct the play. Yeah. But it's on the page, it's about 45 minutes and it stars one actress, uh, who uh, the initial run will be Julie, of course. And, uh, and so that is, you know, it's one person, one room. Yeah, That's how I'm trying it. to mentally figure that out. And I know you don't want to go well, into I'll the whole story. Yeah, yeah, please. Give, yeah, yeah. That I can give you a little detail right. on. It's, uh, it's about an actress who is preparing for an audition. Mm. And Damn. so one of the things that I'm interested in is the psychological things that people go through. You know, I think a lot of my work kind of digs into those major themes and they kind of yeah. circle back. And so have you ever heard of a thing called the imposter syndrome? Absolutely. I'm getting over it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is something I do not suffer from. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should belong in every I like I'm that. <laughs> I like that about you. Honestly, it's, it's no. part of your charm. Oh, well, that's nice. Thank <laughs> I'm you. serious though. No. It's, you have a confidence that, um, just a man's respect. Oh, that's well, cool. I appreciate that. No. Basically, I just feel like everyone is equally worthless. So <laughs> I, I mean that. I feel like the universe is meaningless. Uh, that's, and, that's awesome. Yeah, that, and so it, it helps me get over the fact that mm-hmm. people are more successful than I because they will die and their life will be meaningless and yeah. I will die and my life will be meaningless and we're all the same. We we all know the same amount and we all, no matter what we believe or think or our hunches or what we were raised, you know, the Pope knows as much about God as the homeless guy on the street. Yeah. So we're all given the same amount of ignorance and we're all given the same worthlessness or value. And that, to me that was what was so interesting about the imposter syndrome is that you assigned value to people you thought they were more worthy of being somewhere and you are not yeah and that's bullshit because they are meaningless the whole universe is we're just in a vacuum so i thought okay well let's write a story and i I only have one actor Mm -hmm. and i have one set yeah and how do i get anyone to give a shit for an hour (laughs) how is that possible so i liked that challenge i liked okay well how do i get people to care and so i came up with this idea of the imposter being represented in a voice that slowly becomes personified and separate from the person. Mm-hmm. So Julie, so, okay. oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So you, so you're introduced with this voice that might be her, um, her thoughts, her aloud. thoughts aloud. So but it slowly becomes apparent that it's, it's separate. Mm-hmm. So for instance, she is. So Julie, I, I, poor Julie, I actually gave her an extremely challenging role because she's doing three monologues simultaneously. Yeah. So she's doing the monologue she's rehearsing. Mm-hmm. She's doing her own monologue as the character, and then yes. she's doing the voice, which is her oh imposture. And they're all intertwin- intertwining. Yeah. And so some of wow. it is in French, and some of it's in English. And yeah. so she's ping ponging back and forth. And we have, you know, we're, I think that's incredible, Chris. I'm really, I'm sold on it. <laughs> just the, just the setup right now. I'm like, this is really 
yeah, dense is an understatement for yeah. that. That's a triple entendre. Yeah, for sure. For a long time. Right. <laughs> long format triple entendre. Well, I try Keep to make going. things visual and, and funny. And, you know, yeah. I have a dark sense of humor that kind of permeates all things. So it's still a little humorous, but it's a deep idea. Yeah. And uh, hopefully what they get out of it is that, you know, everyone is is worthy of what they get. You know, what yeah. they're worthy. If you if you do something, you you should have it. If you don't do it, then you shouldn't have it. I mean, yeah. it's not overly complicated. Not, not to sound reductive. Yeah. No, it's not. But, but um, you know, it's it's a basic principle of life that, you know, Bizarro was kind of that. It was a very basic premise. But mm-hmm. um, this Almost is like also almost like what like a fable in yeah a way. yeah it, and i like that it's so uh precise and minimal and one actress doing three parts because when as soon as you brought that up i was like oh wow that's true she's auditioning and yeah. she has her own person and it's a room so it'd feel very compact and like well you the, know, the idea tight, is the idea becomes who's the imposter yeah what's your voice mm-hmm. isn't the real one yeah you know, so it's those ideas of that slowly begin to chip away. You know, yeah. you know, we are given a character and we accept that character at face value as an audience, but then you slowly start to change your perspective. like question them a little bit. Yeah, who's because the voice comes on and says, you know, you're, what are you doing in my house? And she's yeah. like, well, this is my house. And the yeah. audience immediately goes, well, whose house is it? Yeah, it's the same voice coming out of the same woman. So wow, man, those types of things. So it's fun That's and fucking wild. It's a, it's. A, I think it can be a very beautiful, powerful play. The people involved so far. We just met a director that signed on. And she really seems to understand the material, which is exciting. It's yeah. new. For, it's new for me. When they understand it, I mean, I don't know much about that world, but anyone that you meet or encounter to maybe talk about creating or collaborating with, yeah. if they, if you click right away, it's over. It's if you sign. don't, it's yeah. a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like these, these poor people in the play <laughs> world. All they do is you know try to interpret Chekhov, and it's like. You can't talk to Chekhov. You can't talk to these people. You know, so they they're relishing the chance to zoom me whenever they can and go. Yeah. Well, what you know? And uh, I mean, I'm staying out of the way too. I don't want to give you the impression that I'm like calling them every day. Yeah, they're doing yeah. their thing, you yeah. know. And I want them to do their thing. And what's great about the play is that it will evolve, and maybe I'll direct it one day somewhere else, or who knows? It could just be in the ethos. Yeah. So I don't want to really meddle too much and let them yeah. do their interpretation. It seems like it'll come together, like uh, many of your projects are doing I so hope so this little dance between the three will be fun to watch yeah so play by polaroid which is our feature which is going to be our major push for the next year and a half yeah we'll be filming it throughout the year really taking our time yeah uh and then of course finishing the journey with bizarro yeah which will hopefully end in some type of distribution we'd like we think it's possible to potentially sell it even though there's not a huge marketplace for shorts it's a 30 minute movie which kind of works like a show Mm -hmm. uh it's a very complete story it's its own film and with the way that these streaming services need content and the way that the success of the festival journey is going we think that all might be able to culminate in getting it on somewhere where people will be able to stream it and watch it and hopefully continue to enjoy it i'm really expecting the best for it honestly thank you you know that's what i want to say about it is just uh I believe in it, man. I've seen you um, going and going and going, and it's just so nice to catch up with you again. Yeah, you too. Thank like, you. It's been about a year and a month and a half, but still very interesting just to catch up. I can't get over that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much or it was no. uninteresting, but yeah, I appreciate your welcoming me here and asking me these questions and helping the movie. That's the thing. is more we could talk about it, the yeah. better it is, so thank you. I don't think you rambled at all. I think all that was very valid, and I think uh, there's some stuff to be taken from that. 
Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And um, we're probably going to sign off with that. I think that was about an hour. And cool. just thanks for coming in, man. I hope we get to have another one of these and just uh, celebrate on those anytime. little victories. Yeah, man, anytime. Thank you. All right, Chris. All Later. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.